great to be with you guys this morning. It's always great to be here. This is a this is a home to me, and I always appreciate being here. But we've got a word, and we've only got a few minutes, so let's get into it. Some of you may be saying to yourselves, I came to hear the word of God this morning. Why did I just hear four people talk about social justice? I came here to hear God's word this morning. Why in the world should we care about social justice? The government and social service organizations should care for social justice. I came here to hear God's word this morning. Well, if you would, please stand with me. We're going to read from God's word. If you have your texts or if you have your phones, would you turn with me to Micah chapter 6? We're going to read verses 1 through 8, so Micah chapter 6. Students, I see your phones. Tap on the Bible app, not Instagram. Praise God. We're going to read Micah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. Micah 6, verses 1 through 8. I'll read. Hear what the Lord says. Arise, plead your case before the mountain, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear you mountains, the indictment of the Lord, and you enduring foundations of the earth. For the Lord has an indictment against his people, and he will contend with Israel. Oh, my people, what have I done to you? How have I wearied you? Answer me. For I bought you up out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery. And I sent before you Moses and Aaron and Miriam. Oh, my people, remember what Balak, the king of Moab, has devised and what Balaam, the son of Bor, answered him. And what happened at Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord? And bow myself before God on high. Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with a thousand rams, with ten thousand rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgressions, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness? and to walk humbly with your God. This is the word of God, and this is true. This is the same word of God that is true that Paul is talking to his young son, Timothy, when he tells him that all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for doctrine. That word right there is theos niskanos, inspired, God-breathed, for it is the very sovereign exhale of the creator and sustainer of the universe. This is God's word, and this is true. You may be seated. In a few moments we have together, the book of Micah is a really interesting book. You see, in the book of Micah, the Lord, through his prophet Micah, through the Holy Spirit, is saying to the people of Israel, I'm bringing you to trial. I've had enough. It's time for you to be held accountable for your actions. So this book, in many ways, is constructed just like a court trial. So God is bringing Israel to the courtroom. And in this book, he's going to have three big indictments. He's going to have one indictment for the transgressors and the people who have taken them into exile. He's going to speak a word of judgment against them. And then he's going to speak a word of judgment to the leaders. He's going to say, Micah, you need to say this to the leaders of Israel, for they've led my people astray. But then God gives an indictment to all of the people. So this is for everyone. And you see what I love about God 
is God is immutable. Everyone say immutable. Immutable means unchanging. So the same God that spoke through the prophet Micah this word to the people of Israel who are in exile is the same God who is speaking this word to his people today. And the indictment that he's giving for all his people in these first verses of chapter 6 is this. I won't go verse by verse because we don't have time, but here's the indictment. What he's saying is, your acts of ritual, so things you've done to observe me over time, have become rituals in and of themselves, and you've lost the heart of what the ritual was even about. The ritual was meant to be an external manifestation of a deep and inward conviction that you have towards me, that you want to follow me, but you've taken the sacrificial system, you've taken these rams, and you've taken these goats, and you've taken these things, and this incense and oil, as it talks about, that was meant to represent the holiness and beauty of who I am, and you've made those ends in and of themselves. You've made those the things that matter, and you have forgotten about me. And why is he saying this? He's saying this because there were hurting people around them that they had totally forgot about. And those hurting people who were around them were hurting, and they continued to make their sacrifices. They continued to do rituals. They continued to act like Christians and not be Christians. And what does God require of them? Well, this is a beautiful text because God tells them what he's requiring of them. And I believe that God is speaking the same thing to us in our cultural moment today. He's telling us what he requires of his church. And what does he require of us? To do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with our God. So quickly, do justice. Do justice. God is telling his people, do justice. Do is a verb. Love is a verb. Walk is a verb. A verb, as the commercial told us when I was growing up, is something that you do. It's not just something that you talk about in rooms. It's not just something that you post your opinion about on social media. It's not just something that you read books about, but it is something that you do. And God is calling the people of Israel in that day to do something. He's calling them to leave behind those rituals. He's calling them to say, hey, they've just become an ends in and of themselves, but do justice. That word justice there is mishpat, Pastor Mike. Praise God. And mishpat shows up over 200 times over the course of the Old Testament. And that word is justice, which is many times interchangeable with the word righteousness. Uh-oh, so what is this saying? This is saying that justice is righteousness lived out. It's righteousness with legs. So when he's saying do justice, what he's saying is just don't care about the things that you're not about. Just don't care about the things that you're not for. Just don't care about the things that you stand against, but show the world the things that you are for. Do justice. Laden in the Old Testament text, laden in the law of Moses, are these laws where he's telling people, Hey, when you plant fields, I only want you to harvest up to the ends because I want you to leave the ends of the harvest for the orphan, for the widow, for the oppressed, 
and for the sojourner. Laden within the laws are these policies that are protecting the most vulnerable members of society. And why is this? Because all people are created in God's image. And God cares for all people. And as the church of Jesus Christ, we are called to have that self-same care for the people around us. He calls us and he sums up his law in saying, love God with everything. But what does he say next? Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. And love, my friends, is a verb. Love is a verb. And this is not just something that's conceptual, but this is meant to be something that is tangible and lived out in the communities around us. It should be that the church is known as the people who care about the vulnerable around us. I have a friend, his name is Ben Thompson. He's a pastor in Columbus at a church called City Church. And Ben lives in a zip code, and Ben has decided that he wants to plant churches across all the large campuses in Columbus which there are 10. And he said, I want to plant churches on all 10 of those campuses. If I can plant churches on these 10 campuses, I can change Columbus. So Ben started writing a zip code that the Ohio State University is in. Ben had some folks in his congregation whose heart broke over foster care. Their hearts began to break over the kids around them who were in rough situations, many kids who didn't have parents. Ben and some folks in his church decided that they were going to laser focus on foster care for the last few years. The county, Franklin County, has come to Ben and his church now to say, what should we do? Because Ben and the individuals in his church have fully stepped towards vulnerable people in their neighborhood. And now they are known as the people who love a vulnerable people group being foster children in Franklin County. The county is seeing the church be the church in tangible ways. And the question for us, my friends, is, is this text, is God's word going to simply be, as my pastor Ryan would say, a book of disconnected hypotheticals? Is it going to be a book of phrases that we like to say and phrases that we like to write on things? Or is this God's word? And is it true? Are we truly the hands and feet of Jesus Christ? I'm going to close in one second, Ryan. But when Jesus died, it was a bodily ascension. So with it being a bodily ascension, that means that Jesus' physical body, the physical body that he put on in the incarnation, ascended into heaven. When we die, our bodies go back to the dust as we await the resurrection, and our spirits are present with the Lord. Catch this. Jesus ascended, but he did leave a body here, and that body he left here was the church of Jesus Christ, and that church is not dead, but that church has been made alive by the Holy Spirit. That church has has hands, that church has feet, and that church is meant to move. So as I close today, my plead and my question for you today is, will you move? Will you move? What kind of church will we be? 
Will we be a church that's relegated to the pages of history as a cool organization that existed in North Canton that did some cool stuff, but at the end of the day, if our church ceased to exist, would the city of North Canton know that it was gone? Would the 375,000 people who live in Stark County, which many of them don't know Jesus, would they know that we are gone? If you left your job, if you left your neighborhood, if you left your third space, would it know that something was different because the presence of God has left it that exists in you? What will we be and what will we do? I'm just crazy enough to believe that God wants to make us a movement. I say movement because we're part of it in Akron. That God wants to make us a movement of people who are filled with the Holy Spirit, who, as Ryan said, are attacking the gates of hell wherever we see them. Who are attacking the gates of hell wherever we see them. Just where our church is located, in our zip code, prostitution is happening at a rampant rate. Human trafficking is happening at a rampant rate. What in the world would happen if ladies in here, you decided to say, hey, I want to be a mentor. I want to give of my time. I want to give of my talent. I want to give of my treasure. And I want to be a mentor to a girl who's being trafficked. What in the world would happen, guys, if we decided to say, you know what? I'm actually not only going to be against the adult entertainment industry, but I'm actually going to talk about it. And I'm actually going to mentor a kid in a youth group here to be against it. I'm actually going to disciple him in what it means to be a man of God and to treat women the way that women should be treated as image bearers of God and not as objects of pleasure. What in the world would happen if we said we wanted to end the foster care system in Stark County? What in the world would happen if the nearly 1,000 people who worship here said that I'm going to stand and I'm going to do something? You know what I think would happen? I think that the Holy Spirit would get them moving. And I think that Stark County would be turned upside down for the sake of Jesus Christ. And I think that this county and that this city would be a hard place to go to hell in. So as I close today, I ask the question, what will you do? What will you do? Will you leave and will you say, it was cool to find out those things about Rahab. It was cool to hear James stand up and be passionate. It's cool to see what he's doing and what his crew is doing down in Akron. Or will you say that God's word is a responsibility? And I have a responsibility to act because God's word calls me to act. Because God's word calls me to act. Because God's word calls me to act. Some years ago here, I was in student ministries. I don't know what my title was actually, but I was just, I was in student ministries. I was with my man Brummy. And Brummy sat down with me, and Brummy 
had this crazy belief that he could reach North Canton City Schools. He had this, he had this wild belief that, hey, if we really commit to this, we can see some students come to know Jesus Christ. Brummy decides, I'm going to go into Hoover Middle School, and I'm going to go into Glen Oak Middle School, and I'm going to start a fifth quarter where I invite kids who don't know Jesus into our space to have a meal and to hear a gospel message. I'm going to start these connect groups. I'm going to do whatever I can possibly do to see students come to know Jesus Christ. And now a whole cycle and a whole generation later, I have students come visit me at the coffee shop that is in our building often. And what those students are often telling me nearly brings me to tears. Because what those students are telling me is, man, I didn't realize it then, but I realize it now. Jesus is real, and Jesus has a plan for my life. Some of them who didn't know Jesus at all before any of those things are coming back and telling me, hey, I'm getting married. Can you do my wedding? Because I want my future wife's family who doesn't know Jesus to know Jesus. So can you say the gospel at my wedding? And story after story after story, I could tell about what God did through the simple act of Brummy saying, I feel called to do this, and now I'm going to go do this. What would happen if we all, praise God, what would happen if we all think it'd be really hard to go to hell in North Canton? Pray with me. Great God and Father of all things, you are wonderful, you are merciful, and you are kind. Jesus, after the fall, there was no way. We tried over and over again, but none of us could be found righteous. But Jesus, you made a way. Jesus, you were found righteous when we weren't. Jesus, you lived the life, the perfect life that we couldn't live. And Jesus, you died the death that we deserve. And we don't have to wait till Easter to say it. Praise God, you rose again with all power. And one day we will share in that resurrection. But until that day, you've called us to live in resurrected ways in the places that we live, work, and play. And Jesus, I pray that through your Holy Spirit, you would ignite a fire in all of us to press towards that with reckless abandon. God, I pray that pressing towards that would be more important than our calendars, that would be more important than our checkbooks. It would be more important than our hobbies. God, I pray that as citizens of your kingdom, we will constantly bow before you, the king, in your way. We pray these things in a strong, strong name that is above every other name. The name that every person above earth, on earth, and under earth will bow to. That name is Jesus. Amen.